left to take off. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman! Oh! They expect one of us in the wreckage, brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Merry Christmas, citizens of Gotham, and welcome to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. Now, my name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and I am joined once again, and as always, by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, Eric. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, yeah, this um, just the best time of the year. It, it really is just so much fun. I'm so glad we're we're doing this episode here to kick everything off. And uh, yeah, this this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm just in a a stupid cheery mood right now, so this will be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's good to hear. I am glad that you are in a really good uh, mood. Um, so yeah. You're right. This is a very cheerful time of year. Um, this is a much more cheerful episode than last time. Thank goodness. Uh, n- you know, very, very heavy moment. We're still mourning that loss, but it is Christmas time. It is the holiday season, and we are very happy about that. Uh, so we decided, or I decided, and Joe went along with it, because he's a good partner and co-host, that we're going to do two holiday episodes this year. But I don't want you guys to forget that on our very next episode, which we will be covering the 30th anniversary of Batman Returns as our Christmas special for this year, but we're also going to be giving away Batman Returns merchandise because it is the time of year for the TFR holiday giveaway. That means, of course, guys, you have one more gap between episodes, so about two weeks to uh, enter yourself into the TFR holiday giveaway. So I'm going to run that down real quick. What you have to do is you have to leave us a rating and review. You can either do that on Apple Podcasts or you can send us a review by email. And before you submit, take a screenshot of it and comment in our our tagged tweet on our Twitter page at TFRBatPod. Leave a comment with that screenshot and the hashtag TFR holiday giveaway. Do that and you are entered into the TFR holiday giveaway. And we will announce the winners of that on the very next episode of this show. So make sure you guys uh, get yourself entered. We don't have a lot of people entered right now. So you have a very good shot at winning some prizes. Um, but today, we uh, I thought, you know, this is our... Is this our second? Yeah, this is our second Christmas, right, Joe? Doing the show? Yes. Yeah, because we did the holiday giveaway last year. Yeah, that's right. Of course. We did the holiday giveaway last year. We covered uh, Christmas with the Joker, and we covered, oh gosh, what was the other one, Joe? Do you remember? It was Invasion of the Secret Santas, right? 
Oh, yes, from uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold. Brave and the Bold, yes. Yeah. So we decided this year that we wanted to, in lieu of covering a special or talking about a Christmas comic, we decided to roll everything into one, and we decided to talk about our favorite Batman Christmas memories. Now, when I first gave this idea to Joe, and I told him this is kind of what I wanted to do, he was like, well, I, I don't really have many Batman memories uh, from Christmas, man. And he's like, I don't know if I can do an episode on this. And then um, (laughs) Joe went off to the races and I think he has much, much more content or at least he had a lot more fun researching uh, than than I had material to research. Uh, So Joe, I want to kind of hand it over to you before we dive into specific memories. Um, you kind of had a blast with with the research for this one, did you not? I really did because when you mentioned this to me, I was like, "Oh no!" Like i I have a bad memory when it comes to like when and like what for I got certain things and and to be honest with you, most of my childhood Christmas memories that I remember like vividly were like Ninja Turtle Christmases and Power Ranger Christmases. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't remember when I got a lot of my Batman stuff, because also most Batman movies came out in like June. So my birthday was in August. So I would assume I got most of my Batman stuff in August for my birthday. So Mm. in lieu of the episode, I'm like, Oh, I really don't know how much I'm going to be able to discuss. I had some things that I already remember. I said like one of them is kind of a wild card, but I went back and I dug out some home videos. My parents videotaped everything when I was a kid. And I had some stuff that we had converted to DVD. But I went back and found some old, uh, I think they're called VHS C's, which is like the mini VHS's that you have to put in an adapter to put into a VCR. I found a bunch because that's what we used back in the day. And my parents videotaped everything. So I found those for Christmases of the past. And I had a blast making sure my old VCR worked. It does, which I couldn't believe. (laughs) And, um, you know, put a new battery in that adapter, (laughs) wound it up. (laughs) And, uh, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So, so the motor on the thing isn't even great. So you have to actually wind it manually to get it started, which was fun. (laughs) And, uh, wow. So I went back and I watched a bunch of different Christmases, which was just fun for me to begin with, just to see old videos of my dad who it's even weirder seeing like my parents younger than me. Like, that's a weird thing to try to like grasp. Like, Oh wow. Like, this is seeing my parents give me gifts when I was a kid and they're younger than I am now. So that's, that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I got some good memories now that I, um, was able to come across. And once we get into it, uh, I have some fun, some fun Batman stories and some fun non Batman stories too, but I'll, I'll try to stick more to the Batman stuff. Well, you know, if nothing else, at least, at least the idea for the episode has given you, a Christmas memory because that's awesome that you got a chance to look back at all that stuff. You know, what comes to mind, this is like, to me, this, this sounds like a modern version of Clark Griswold freezing to death in the attic. 100%. You know, I'm imagining, I'm imagining Joe in, you know, random attic uh, ladies <laughs> clothing, watching Christmas, Christmas memories while yep. he's trying not to freeze. Yep. Ironically, I watched that with my daughter a couple weeks ago, or I'd say a week ago. And, um, 
I was watching him like watch those home videos and I'm like, man, I really should go back and watch some home videos of like when I was a kid and stuff. And, and, um, then this came up and I'm like, oh, that's a perfect example, perfect, uh, excuse to go back and, and check some stuff out. And yeah, it's fun seeing like videos of me as a kid and my son's still too young. So like, I don't see like any, uh, comparisons there, but man, seeing my sister and my like niece now, <laughs> Like I, mm. I, the stuff that my niece does that drives me nuts now is like the same stuff that my sister used to drive me nuts with back then. So it's pretty fun. Fantastic. Well, I don't have a ton of old home movies. Um, they're somewhere with, with my, my mom, I'm sure, but I don't have access to them. So I didn't get to, to do the look back <laughs> that you did, unfortunately, but luckily your memory is a little some... better than mine. <laughs> well, I hope so. I do have some some very vivid Christmas memories involving Batman. So, without further ado, let's get into Joe and I's Christmas memories with Batman. All right, Joe. Well, you got to do a lot of research. You had a lot of fun with this, so I'm going to let you kick it off. What is your first memory you'd like to bring up? And we're kind of going to go round robin back and forth and share a few memories here. So, kick it off for us, Joe. All right, well, my, my first one is going to be the first thing that I thought of when you brought this to me. Um, believe it or not, the first thing that came to my mind was Christmas 1993. I should have looked up the exact date. But I want to say it was December. So the release date was the 25th. I want to say I saw it on the 27th. Batman Mask of the Phantasm in the movie theater. I remember going to see it a couple days after Christmas with a friend of mine. My dad, I want to say my mom and my dad both took us. And that was the first thing I that came to mind was you hear, I, you always hear about people talk about this movie. And a lot of people say they didn't get to see it in the movie theater. They For whatever reason, they didn't get a chance to go. It was a very limited run from what I understand, but... I went and I remember driving to a, you know, I want to say a half hour to get to a movie theater that was showing it. And I remember coming out and, and just loving that movie. I mean, I'm not going to get into the movie because we all know how much that movie means to everybody. But that is a, a really fond Christmas memory for me is going to see Mask of the Phantasm in the theater. And now looking back, realizing how lucky I was because I know a lot of Batman fans did not get to see that in the theater. I wasn't lucky enough to see um batman 89 or batman returns in the movie theater this was my first theatrical batman experience wow that that's a fantastic memory because yeah i feel like there's a there's a rare few that actually did see mask of the phantasm in the theater uh for christmas that year which i mean first mm -hmm. of all it's a very odd time to release a batman animated film that's not involving yeah. christmas in the movie um mm -hmm. and I mean, the run, it's not exactly like they gave it a, you know, full theatrical window. I mean, it was a couple days, a week, maybe. If that, I honestly don't know. I mean, I was, I was, I was seven. Mm -hmm. So I just remember, I remember specifically being in the theater and seeing it. I don't remember what my thoughts were coming out of it other than like getting the toys, um, Ironically, I don't think I got the toys for Christmas that year. I don't remember if they were released yet or or what toys I got that year. But uh, I just remember 
seeing Batman on the big screen and not really thinking much about it. Like it's fun now looking back at it because I realize now how that was such a rare feat where so many huge Batman fans didn't get to go see it that I, I appreciate it more now than I did as a seven year old, but it's still, it's fun to have that memory for myself. And it's weird that, like I told you, I didn't have a lot of Batman Christmas memories, but that I do remember. I remember going to the theater to see Batman mask of the phantasm. So that's my first huge memory. And, and it's a big one because that's one I didn't even need a refresher on <laughs> like that. I do remember. And I will always remember going to the theater to see that. Well, fantastic. That, that is a awesome memory, Joe. I'm glad you, I didn't expect mask of the phantasm. I knew you went to see it in the theater. You've told me that. I think we talked about that. Um, when we ranked the Batman, mo- the animated Batman movies, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, that just slipped my mind, but that's an awesome one to kick us off on. Yeah, that was my wild card that I had because it's not really a Christmas memory, but it's it's right at Christmas time and it's a Batman movie, so I, I felt like it was fitting. Well, awesome. And at the time, it was all I had. Right. <laughs> so luckily, I have more now, but that was a good way to to at least get the, the conversation rolling. Wow. So the, the one and only one you had going into the research is your kickoff mm-hmm. now. That's, well, I'm looking forward to the rest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but to swing it over on my end, we are going to fast forward 20 years from yours to Christmas of 2013. So the one and only... Well, wait, before you start, I also want to say, I didn't know where you were going to go with your list at all. Like, we didn't really specify childhood Christmas memories or like toys or anything like that. So I probably went in a completely different direction. So I'm very interested to see where you went. Well, I did. So I, 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 really I honestly excited. didn't want parameters on it. Cause I thought it would be more interesting that yeah. way. Um, so yeah, this mm-hmm. one's not really childhood. I mean, this was 2013. So I was, I mean, I was into my career, full blown adult and I'm still giddy yeah. over Batman for Christmas. So. <laughs> Hey, we, we all are. There's a a reason why we have this podcast, right? Um, but yeah, so Christmas 2013, um, I had, I knew exactly what I was getting, which is, you know, it it seems like it spoils the surprise, but I was chomping at the bit because there's a little video game that came out in 2013 in October of 2013 to be specific. Uh, called Batman Arkham Origins. And I was chomping at the bit to get this. I wanted to pre-order this game. And at the time, um, I remember specifically, I I don't know how the conversation came up, but I was, I was, you know, telling, I was telling my mom because she was asking about Christmas ideas. And I was like, well, I said, there was one thing, but I'm kind of thinking about pre-ordering it because it comes out in October. And it was that month. And she's like, well, don't do that. Cause it's, you know, it's too close to Christmas. Let me, let somebody get it for you. I was like, yeah, but then I got to (laughs) wait. But I acquiesced and, um, you know, I was just expecting to get the game for Christmas and, uh, come Christmas morning, we're visiting family, uh, or I'm visiting my, my mom's house. Cause we always do. We always did Christmas morning at my mom's and she got me the collector's edition of Batman Arkham origins, which can't, which I was not expecting at all. I was just expecting the game. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have the statue, Joe. Um, but this yes, this game, this collector's edition was awesome. It came with a statue of the Joker with all these TVs behind him, and he's like stabbing a piece of paper into the desk, and it comes with like dossiers mm-hmm. on all the villains and. I'm looking at mine right now. I, I still oh have man, it. it came with so much fun stuff, and this was the first like collector's edition of a video game that I ever had. Um, and it's actually one of my one thing that I really, really regret um, because when the PlayStation Four came out, like I traded, um, I traded my PlayStation Three, and I traded my Batman Arkham Origins collector set. Like I traded everything to get a lower price on the PS Four. Oh. So unfortunately, I don't have it anymore, and I kick myself for that because it was awesome, and I'm I'm jealous that you still have the statue. But well, I still have the whole set. I just don't display the rest of the stuff. I think it's in a box. Right? Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this game. I mean, and granted, I know that that people you know say it's the worst of the series or whatever, but I mean, worst of this series is still a pretty pretty high bar. Um. I thought it was a fantastic game. And fun fact, I got so wrapped up in this game. And because it was set at Christmas, I got it on Christmas. I was, I was actually really glad that I waited um, instead of buying it in October. I'm glad I waited because it, it, man, it, it just put me even more in the spirit, I guess, to kick guys butts in on a Batman Christmas game. <laughs> um, I beat this game in like, a little over 24 hours. Oh my God. Yeah. I was never that way with games, but that's, it kind of stinks though too. I never do it. (laughs) I never do that. But I mean, I was so excited wrapped up in it. I didn't have work the next day. So I just can't, I played this thing straight (laughs) through. Um, wow. I, I loved it. I freaking love this game. Um, and years later is still giving me Christmas memories because it, it is a wonderful soundtrack. And it's a great soundtrack to listen to at Christmas time. Absolutely. Especially if you're reading Batman Christmas comics. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, Batman Arkham Origins 2013, Christmas 2013. That's that's kind of my uh, kickoff memory. But Joe, let's throw it back over to you. Give me another Batman Christmas memory. All right. Well, I will go more recent with this one. Um it's a quick one, but I still remember uh, Christmas 2010. Okay. My grandmother used to give us money for Christmas and say, you know, go go buy something for yourself and I will wrap it for you. And uh, Christmas, we used to do Christmas the week before at my, my mom's parents. Uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, Poppy, was probably the most important person in my life until he passed away and is still very impactful of how I feel about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try not to get emotional talking about him because I, he passed away when I was in eighth grade and I still, uh, he's still one of the most important people I've ever had in my life. And so that Christmas was a big deal for my, uh, my family because of him and because of my uh, Nana, mm-hmm. my grandmother on that side. So, uh, this was 2010, and uh, if uh, <laughs> if Ryan Lauer is listening, he knows exactly what I'm referring to for 2010. The Absolute Edition of Batman The Long Halloween came out that year, and that was what I had decided to get for my big gift from my grandmother. And man, am I happy I did. 
because that is one of the best collect best uh, comics in my collection. It is what I think it's the second absolute I got because I think I got Hush first, but that was pretty much what started the addiction of the absolute editions. Wow. Um, yeah. So that I can't believe it was 2010 when that came out, and that explains why it's so hard to get now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's going to be the next one I I mention here. Um, I love that book. I love the fact that my grandmother gave it to me, and that is definitely one that I do remember opening up. And even though I knew I was getting it, it's still special opening up something Batman as an adult. You know, I was <laughs> like you said, we 2010. I was you know already. Uh, I guess I would have been 24. So, and I was, you know, still getting Batman books and still loving every minute of it. And I still do to this day. So yeah, Batman, the absolute edition of uh, long Halloween. Very nice. And yeah, that is a hard book to come across because I had, so before I got the, the Loeb and sale um, omnibus that has, you know, all mm-hmm. of the long Halloween books minus the, the, the special that came out last year. Um, yeah, I had looked, and it seemed like I could either get two at a decent price, and then one was just outrageous, or or something like that. Because of course, you know, I couldn't just have yeah. one of those absolutes. I'd have to have all three. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's so hard to find Long Halloween, the Absolute Edition. So jealous of that one. Super awesome, and yeah, mm-hmm. and and absolutely. It means even more. I mean, when you buy them yourself, I mean, it's it's cool or whatever. But when somebody gives it to you, especially as a Christmas gift, that's that that gives it a little bit of uh, sentiment uh, sentiment to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nice one. Okay, well, since we're uh, since we're talking about absolute editions, we will go to Christmas of twenty nineteen. I think it was pretty sure yes christmas 2019 um was the first full year that uh, my wife and i were together we we had started dating in uh late 2018 and we decided uh, we decided not to do christmas in 2018 because we like just met and it was like okay let's not go too crazy you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I got it. So 2019 was the first Christmas that that we were together, and just randomly, I think we were walking through a Barnes and Noble, and I saw um, the absolute edition of uh, Court of Owls, which, as you know, Court of Owls is my absolutely ab- absolute favorite Batman book ever. Um. So I had mentioned it just in passing. I was like, oh, this is my favorite Batman book. Love this book. I'd love to have this edition. And this was months and months and months before Christmas. So I didn't put another thought into it after that. But my absolutely wonderful, loving girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, she remembered that. And months and months later, that's what she ended up getting me for Christmas. So like you with that sentiment towards your absolute long Halloween, I have the sentiment of absolute court of owls being my first Christmas gift from now my wife, Um, which not only did she get me the absolute court of owls that year, she also talked to um, my comic book owner 
who's a good friend of mine in North Carolina. And she was like looking for ideas and she ended up getting me the, uh, Greg Capullo, uh, dark Knights metal Batman statue that year. Mm-hmm. The one with the two battle axes and the torn cape. And I think you have it too, right, Joe? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a great statue. Yeah. So I got two really awesome, uh, Batman collectibles from my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, for our first Christmas, which together. who didn't see it, who didn't see the wife coming after that? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was a given. That's a pretty hell of a way to start. Point. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, too. I mean, it's Capullo and and Snyder's Batman, and it, and that was my first Christmas gift from her. So yeah, it, it was kind of meant to be, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I, I, it's funny because I. I probably won't mention my wife too much on this. We, it was when you brought this up, I, I talked to her and I'm like, I don't remember most of the time for, for gifts from her, for me, for Batman was always my birthday. And she's like, I really don't know if I gave you anything Batman for Christmas. Like, I don't remember what we, and again, it's hard to go from, from year to year and try to remember like what I got from, from her. Like she's gotten me a lot of Funkos over the years and stuff, but I can't remember exactly what was christmas and what was birthday so we're like all right i guess i'll just try to figure out something else i did get ironically that you said the the snyder and capullo stuff i think for christmas from my grandmother also was how i started the addiction to the batman black and white statues because in 2013 Um... i got i got the snyder capullo batman from court of owls Mm -hmm. the death of the family joker and I also got the Jim Lee, uh, I think it's like the second version of the Jim Lee one, the new 52 one. So that's what started my my black and white statue craze also. So yeah, I, I guess um, having that money from my grandmother every year at Christmas was really hurting my, uh, or helping my Batman addiction. Hey, Christmas money should not, I'm a full believer that Christmas money should not be spent on adult things. You should do something fun with Christmas money. <laughs> Yes, yes. Thankfully, we are able to do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Joe, that's uh, I, I was that your next one, or was that just kind of? No, I wasn't even going to mention that. It was kind of, but if you have something else you want to go, that I kind of stole that one. No, no, go for um, it. All right. So, going back and looking at my old Christmas movies now. So I went back and I looked at. I mean, 89, I was too young. 90, nothing really there. I went to, the first video I picked up was 94. Mm-hmm. No, was it, it was 91 uh, was the first one I watched. And I had told you most of my stuff when I was a kid was Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, I looked at 90, uh, 91. And man, when I say everything was Ninja Turtles, everything was Ninja Turtles 91. So I'm like, all right, that's not going to help me. <laughs> like I got the sewer. Like I got all those places for Ninja Turtles that year. Uh, but in looking through the years, 1992, I got the Batman Returns Batcave. So everyone always talks about this Batcave from Kenner. I think it was Kenner because mm-hmm. Kenner made all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Batcave that basically came out and changed paint jobs for every Batman movie. Do you remember what everyone you remember, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. I know which <laughs> Okay, I know the Batcave you're talking. I never knew. I couldn't remember which one I had. I assumed it was Batman Returns because just by age group that was kind of the the 
when I started collecting the figures. Because 89, the figures weren't, what were they? Was that Toy Biz? Was 89? Oh, was it not Kenner? No, I don't think 89 was Kenner. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. Cause again, I was very young and I only had, you know, the Batman with the belt that like the string popped out. Yes. Um, I had that and I had the Joker figure that didn't even look like Joe, uh, Jack Nicholson, but I didn't really start collecting or I should say just playing with the figures until Batman returns because those figures were everywhere. And I got in Christmas 92, that's when I got the Batcave and the gem that I found, cause I don't even remember this thing. There was a thing called <laughs> the Sky Drop. I got to show you a picture of this thing. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like, even remember seeing this. I barely remember this, but I remember having it. Once I saw the video of it, I'm like, I kind of remember that. It was this weird bullet-shaped thing that I guess Batman, and I have to watch like a video of it or something to fresh my memory, but it like had a string that came out of it and Batman fell out of it or just dropped from it. I don't know if it was a blimp or what, but I thought at first it was the the Batboat, but it's not. It's smaller than that. It's almost like the size of like a mini football. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they had so many crazy figures for Batman Returns that had nothing to do with anything that was in the movie. But that was a fun one to see because I had no recollection of that off the top of my head, but it's cool to see stuff that kind of refreshes your memory. But the Batcave, the Batcave was awesome. Being able to turn the the figure, you know, you put Batman in, you turn him, and then you put Bruce Wayne, and then you can change into Batman in that little, the little closet there and having all the computers, and then you can drive the Batmobile through the little, you know, flapper there. There was so much cool stuff with that Batcave. And now it was cool to see that when I got it, it was definitely the Batman Returns one. Because I want to say, I don't remember if there was one for Batman 89, but I know there was a Batman animated series one. Mm -hmm. I want to say they even had a version for it for Batman Forever, even though they had a legit Batcave for Batman Forever. Yeah. So like a separate one. I had the Batman Forever one because I did have a Kenner Batman Forever um uh, Batcave. Batcave? But it was... Did you have the one I'm talking about, or you had the good one? I I, I, I don't know which one was the good one and which one wasn't. I had... The one... Well, there's one that looks like the one from the movie. Like, it's like levels and stuff. It's crazy. Okay, yeah, that's the one I had. Um, okay. I never had that. My cousin had one um, that it looked like Wayne Manor on yes. the outside. It, and like, it, it, like, folded up. It yeah, like, folded it, up. It opened it unfolded. up. unfolded. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the one I remember. And then also... It's actually Ace Chemicals. It's Ace Chemicals on the other side, because I think it was originated from Batman 89, and they just kept repurposing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I also had, I think it was a birthday present um, in 90s. It was actually the year after in 96, because I got Batman Forever stuff for a couple of years, which we're going to talk about a little later. Um, do, Do you remember... Seeing the um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely talk about Batman Forever stuff too when we get there because I I have some stuff that, for that. um the the but. Kenner uh it was I can't remember what it was called it was the power station or or something like it was basically a Batman Polly Pocket uh because it was oh no I never had any of that okay so it was it was Batman's head it was Val Kilmer's Batman head and it opened up and inside was a Batcave it was like a miniature little Batman playset inside this Batman cool. Val Kilmer head. 
You can get it on eBay for fourteen bucks. I'm looking at it. Right <laughs> you can get all this. That's money. awesome. It looks just like his head, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good likeness of Kilmer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that, really cool. I've never seen that before. But that wasn't Christmas, so I won't. I won't stay on that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's that's very cool that you had that because I remember. Um, it may have been on Batcast they were talking about it where this one Batcave was duplicated over and over and over again, and it was just yeah. I've heard, and I yeah. So that is the one. So maybe it wasn't for Batman eighty nine, but I swear the back of it is Ace Chemicals or um, or it's Axis in the movie. I don't think it was Batman eighty nine though because. Again, I don't think Kenner did Batman 89, but I could be wrong or, or misremembering what the deal was with that Batcave. But I know I had the Batman Returns one because I got it in 92, and I know that they repurposed the colors for it for every Batman property after that. I mean, they got their mileage, right? Yeah. It, I mean, I debated getting the Batman the Animated Series one when it came out, even though it was exactly like the one I had because it, it just looked cool with the different colors yeah yeah for sure okay so we're gonna stay with the kenner stuff because like i said i mean for two years 95 and 96 for me was dominated by um batman forever and most of the front half of 97 until we got to that abomination in june um but hey i still had toys for batman and robin and i was 11 so I, I can't even, I can't even defend myself when it comes to that movie. I have fully admitted I had no idea that movie was bad. I own up to it. It's fine. It is what it is. I had toys and everything for it. But go on. Okay, so ninety six, um, Christmas of ninety six, the year after I had been introduced to Batman, loved, 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 loved Batman from that point on. Uh, ninety six, I got. And it was it was a replacement toy, um, because but my mom. So this toy was already a year old, but my mom is the thriftiest shopper you will ever find. Like if there's <laughs> a deal or a sale, she will sniff it out. She's like a bloodhound for sales, and she found. Um, so it was a Batman Forever. It was a multi. It was like a transforming vehicle. Um, so this was the Batmobile, this was the Batboat, and it was the Batwing. And you I could heard trans- you talk about this, and I had no recollection of this whatsoever. Yeah, so you could transform it from thing to thing to thing. And I played with this thing endlessly. I mean, I, for a couple of years after, until it was just not functioning anymore. But I specifically remember... Uh, getting this toy and it was amazing. And again, just further, furthered my love of Batman and Batman forever. Um, because I was in 96. I also got the, um, I think it, that was Kenner as well. Cause Kenner did the toys for the animated series too. Right. I think so. I think they kept with Kenner for a while. Yeah. Um, so I got the Kenner, uh, Batman, the animated series Batmobile in 96. So I had these two awesome vehicles and that was just, 
and I got I know I got a ton more stuff, but that's ex- that's what sticks out for me is those two well, vehicles in '96. So I got the the Batman the Animated Series Batmobile in '93, and it's the one where it, it actually comes out into like a little mini Batwing. Is that the one you had? Um, do you remember that where it actually? It's the Batmobile, and then if you pull from the back, like the whole cockpit pulls out, and it like the wings flap out, and it becomes like a little flying vehicle. It may have been. Yeah, I, I still I have the Batwing from the animated series, but I don't think I got that at Christmas. But Which I remember is the Batmobile. It's so interesting that I got if that if that's the same one, and it came out in '93. Did they just sell this toy multiple years in a row? Well. Is it possible? Because you got it in 96. Did they make a Batmobile for the new adventures? I don't know. You couldn't have had that Batmobile, though, because you would have remembered that. Because No, it was the, the, it was the long one. it was the long animated yeah. series Batmobile. So if it was the same one that like pulled out and everything, like, yeah, they might have made it for a few years, because I don't think they discontinued stuff that quickly back then, but I don't, I don't remember. Again, our m- memories are going to be kind of shot back then but i know for a fact i got mine in 93 because i just saw it too <laughs> like i said i was watching that and that was one of the things i saw in 93 was the the batman animated series no batman. in fact now that you're mentioning it i did i got um i got the new adventures batmobile because it shot missiles it had hidden missiles in it i remember it shooting missiles because the engine kind of exposed and it shot um but anyway i got that one okay. the year after in 97 and unfortunately, okay. I was not thrilled that year. I was like, because eh, I was just so turned <laughs> yeah. off by Batman and Rob. <laughs> yeah, you try to try to not compare the two. No, but, but yeah, I uh, as a kid, you know, it's like, uh. <laughs> well, it's fun. I don't think I had because I, I mean, 97, I was I was 11 years old by that point. And mm-hmm. I don't think I had any vehicles from Batman and Robin that I remember. Um but so in 95, I got the Batwing for Christmas and I loved the Batman Forever Batwing. That mm-hmm. thing was awesome. And again, it was like the thing they did where the cockpit always pulled out and became a different web, uh, different vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was. The wings actually came off. You had the, the, the cockpit would pull out and I still have it. It's actually on my shelf. Well, it turned into the, it turned into the pod that it, when it, like when the Batwing went into the water in the movie. Yeah, was that really what was happening? Because I always get confused with that part in the movie. Because to me, it always looked like it was like being destroyed or something. But yeah, I guess that is what it was happening. Was yeah, it, it turns into like, like a, a little bat sub. type of thing. Yeah, but the the toy wasn't sealed. <laughs> like you were out in the elements. Like there was no there was no roof when it pulled out. No, if I remember well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <it's... laughs> so it was not a submarine at that point. It was just a, another flying vehicle or something. I don't really know. Yeah, but that's both. I think that's what they were trying to replicate anyway. Yeah. Um okay, well, uh that's yeah, the Kenner um the 96, the stuff I got for 96 was was mine there. So Joe, did you have another one? While we were talking, um mm-hmm. and you were mentioning some more recent stuff, the one that I came across in my memory that is actually a really fond Christmas memory of Batman. Mhm. I'm looking up the date, but it's a comic book. Um, oh. And it is Batman Annual number one by, I want to say it was Batman Annual number one, by Tom King. Um, 
do you, are you familiar with that issue? Oh, um, I mean, I was collecting Batman at that time, so I know I, I probably have it, but it's not it sticking is. out to me. I'm sorry, not New 52. It's the Rebirth one. Yeah, Rebirth. Um, I knew what you meant. I couldn't remember if I said New 52 or Rebirth, but it was from 2016. Mm-hmm. And it is the origin of Ace the Bat Hound. It is the, the Rebirth version of the origin of Ace the Bat Hound. And oh, okay. I remember I am not a huge fan of Tom King's Batman. I've never been one, but when Rebirth started, um, mm-hmm. I did pick up almost every book in the beginning of that run. And I'll be honest with you, that issue is wonderful. I love what he did with Ace the Bat Hound and and telling a story at Christmas time. It's a Christmas issue. It did come out in November, at the end of November, but it is a Christmas story of the origin of Ace the Bat Hound. And it is a just a great story about how Batman adopts this dog. Ace is like a uh I'm trying to remember if he was like a fighter a fighting dog or just poorly treated and it was all about Alfred basically convincing him to adopt Ace or Alfred buying Ace for him and and getting him to rehabilitate Ace. And it's a great story. And I try to read it every couple of years. I've read it multiple times. It's a quick read because it's, I want to say because it's the annual. There might have been multiple stories in that book. I, I That part's a little fuzzy to me. If there were multiple stories or maybe it is a longer story than I remember. But... I love that story. Uh, it, it's a definitely a good Christmas memory for me. Me having a dog named Ace, I've always been a big fan of of Ace in the comics. So any Ace story, I usually do try to eat it up. And that is a good one for me. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a nice little addition there. Um, I do remember the story. And like you, I am not a huge fan of Tom King's Batman. But there are bright spots here and there. In his run. He's a great writer. He's a great He's writer. He's a fantastic Just sometimes writer. I'm not crazy about where he takes the stories. I'm not, that's not what we're here to talk about anyway. But I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing Tom King. Because I actually really love Tom King as a writer. Yeah. Same. All right. Well, I kind of really only have um, one more left, Joe. That I that I really wanted to bring up. So this is kind of my, my final one. Um, unless something else comes up while we're talking. But... Of course, Christmas 95 is the standout for me. Um, 95 is the year that I fell in love with Batman. It's the year that I saw my first Batman movie with Batman Forever uh, in June of that year. And just off to the races, obsessed from that moment on. And that year for Christmas, I will never... This is the first... uh, This is the first Batman gift... I think I ever received and it was from my aunt and uncle that year opened this gift. It was a shoebox, And I was like, what is this? I mean, cause it was like in a, in one of my uncle's like old loafer boxes or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? Um, opened the shoebox, and it was all three of the current Batman movies that were out on VHS. It was Batman 89, it was Batman Returns, and it was Batman Forever. Um, So, of course, Batman Forever was newly on VHS for Christmas that year. But I had never seen 
Batman 89 and Batman Returns up until that point. So I received all three of these movies for Christmas. Um, pretty sure within the next, I mean, if it wasn't that day, it was the next day I watched all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that was, I mean, that was first, my first memory of Batman for Christmas and Batman tied into Christmas. And of course I also got, you know, of course that was like Christmas Eve, I think was when we saw our, our at large family. And then, you know, just the, the, the key, you know, the, the household family we did Christmas day. And of course I got Kenner Batman stuff uh, from Batman forever the next morning for Christmas. And the standout there was, and I know you've heard Brendan Lowe talk about this one, this particular one all the time. It's the Batman forever ultimate uh, Batman action figure. Do you know what, you know what I'm talking about? Is it the guardian? The only one I remember is the guardians the Gotham Guardians or whatever. Is that the one you're talking about? No. So he looks like a statue. He's not technically an action figure. It's because like the arms move up and mm-hmm. down, but nothing else moves. It's oversized. It's basically a statue. Okay. Um, but it had a cloth cape. It stood on a Batman stand uh, and it had a it had a pretty good likeness of Val Kilmer. Um, but yeah, it was this huge oversized Val Kilmer Batman. And it had, Were those from had the a, WB store? No, no, no. It was it was plastic. Um, yeah. So I had I had a Batman Returns one from the WB store that was like that. Mm, like the old okay. WB store. Do you remember like the WB store? Yeah, yeah. I know the WB store. Um, because and I had a um, like a superpowers one almost like a blue yellow oval gray suit like they, i know what you're talking about i gotta look it up but i they had like those white stands with the the circle around their waist right almost like the hot toys stands but no 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 this is on a black plastic um bat symbol oh stand. okay and this okay, is a yeah, i mean this is a kenner release oh okay yeah i i don't know i'm not familiar with that at all you haven't heard um brendan talk about this I maybe did, but I didn't know what he was talking about because I don't remember it. Here, I'm. I've got it. You've I'm looking got to it see up. this. <laughs> I'm sending I'm you a link up. right now. Uh, okay. Because I, I want your reaction live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this was the coolest thing to me. Um, it threw me off that it that all I could do with it was move the okay. arms up and down. <laughs> I've seen. I've probably looked it up when Brendan was talking about it because I remember seeing these. Uh, images but i definitely never had one i definitely never saw them in the stores but that is pretty cool pretty reasonable too um how is it like what is it like 10 inches something like that yeah yeah that's Um, cool though yeah i mean it's pretty sizable and it's actually i mean for a plastic quote-unquote toy it has a great Mm -hmm. likeness of kilmer that actually so, kind of reminds me of like an older version of like McFarlane's. Like we have the Batman um, figure that's like twelve inches, but it's really more like a statue. It, it kind of reminds me of that, where it doesn't move very much. It's it's more for display right. purposes. Yeah. Okay. So the, this it was they were twelve inches. Yeah. So that's yeah. So that kind of is like the older version of what we have now with the multiverse or the uh, McFarlane twelve inch figures as well, because. There's not like much posability, but they mm-hmm. move a little bit more than 
a statue would. So you can't call it a statue, but it's really not an action figure either because they're posed like already. Yes. So yeah, yeah so cool. I'm going to have to, uh, you said they're, they are pretty reasonable. I'm looking through. I'm su- well, the link you sent me was pretty reasonable. I'm surprised you haven't kind of tracked one down again. Cause that, that is a pretty cool piece to have. They, they're awesome. They're awesome. But yeah. Um, so that, so I guess that was kind of my first Batman statue as that's well. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Did you have any more you wanted to share, Joe? No, that's pretty much, I, I actually, you know, went on a couple tangents of more than I actually planned on talking about, but, but no, I mean, you know, to even, to just discuss what we had, you know, we had a good variety of what we experienced from being a kid. We both have the Batman Forever. Batman Forever kind of reached almost every age group because even me, who was a little older than you and um, I was too young for 89, just as you were. So it's Batman Forever always gets those the crossover age groups because mm-hmm. the and the toys for that movie were were amazing. I don't care what you think of the movie, the toys <laughs> for that they had. I am so mad. I have the Batmobile still, mm-hmm. and I'm still angry that I can't get the light to work. I've changed the bulb and I've changed the batteries numerous times, and I keep forgetting that the the mechanism inside that I guess the electronics inside just doesn't carry the signal anymore to even light up a brand new bulb. And it, it bothers me because I love that, that Batmobile. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to gather as many pictures as I can to share some of the stuff that we talked about. Uh, if I don't have it anymore, I'll find, I'll find images of it online and, and Joe, if you'll send me uh, some of the some of the images of the stuff that you've talked about, uh, we'll kind of get them posted on there. And this is this is kind of what I want to do because um, I just think it's fun and it put everybody in the holiday spirit. Uh, for everybody who listens, what are your favorite Batman Christmas memories? Share them with us um, on the on the episode po- uh, tweet or or Instagram post or whatever. Share your Batman Christmas memories. Send us pictures of stuff you got for Christmas. I, I'd love to see it. Uh, or or things that you did for Christmas that are related to Batman. Maybe some of your favorite Batman Christmas traditions. If you have any, share them with us. I'd love to hear them. I think that would be fun. Don't you, Joe? Yeah, I would love to see that. And even even if you're not sure if you got it for Christmas or for your birthday or whatever, just if you any old toy pictures that maybe you... It's like a rare gem that maybe not everyone has ever seen before. Uh, share it, please, because I love seeing stuff like that. Like I came across the stupid, the sky drop from Batman Returns. I'm going to share that because that thing is is definitely like a relic. Because <laughs> I I don't know who how many people really remember that one. Yeah, for sure. All right, well that's where we're kind of going to wrap it up on the Christmas conversation for now. Again, we're going to be talking Christmas once again on our next episode with our with our thirtieth anniversary conversation about batman returns but we're not quite ready to leave you guys yet because of course we are still celebrating it's still 2022 so we're still celebrating 30 years of batman the animated series all right so on this episode we are going to talk about three installments of Batman the Animated Series and we're going to start our first one here is Over the Edge now this episode of course is written by Paul Dini I don't know if you knew that Joe 
Um, but Over the Edge is one of the more talked about Batman the Animated Series episodes. And of course, this isn't in, in the new adventures. Uh, but the little synopsis here, during a fight with the Scarecrow, Batgirl is ambushed on a rooftop and falls to her death. Having watched his daughter's demise, Jim Gordon blames Batman for her fate and vows revenge, sending the entire Gotham police force after Batman, Robin, and any of his allies, including Nightwing. In a desperate attempt, after Jim learns that he is being relieved of his duties and is being brought up on charges, potentially, for his involvement with Batman, in a last-ditch effort, he recruits Bane to assist him bring down Batman. At the end of the episode, we, we see a potential demise of Jim Gordon and Batman as they fall from a rooftop after being defeated by Bane, and it ends up being a dream caused by the Scarecrow's hallucinogen that Batgirl has, ing has ingested. She's in the hospital. She wakes up. This was all a dream. But it gives her the opinion that it's time to come clean with her father. So, Joe, this is a big one. Tell me your thoughts on Over the Edge. Well, my first thoughts are, did you notice that HBO Max, the in info, spoils the episode for you right in the info? Oh, no, I didn't read it. All the info on the episode, literally, it says... Um, Barbara hallucinating from Scarecrow Toxin or something. Dreams this, and then it tells you the episode. I'm like, oh man, like how are you gonna put that in the uh, in the info? <laughs> but not that we didn't know oh, already. But that's pretty. That's pretty rough. But um, so I I really do like this episode a lot. Um, it is definitely a shock value episode. It almost feels after watching it this time, it was like they wanted to do a crazy Elseworlds story. But to get away with it on a kid's show, they had to make it a dream as opposed to just a traditional Elseworlds story. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're you're giving me um, like there's bells going off in my head. It sounds like Andy DiGenova going, well, you can do anything because it's just a dream. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it doesn't to me, that's not a, a bad thing, though. Like, I, I like the episode. I think it's a fun episode. I just feel like because it's a kid's show, they were kind of restricted to doing it as a dream sequence. But also, no matter what they do in this episode, even if it's an Elseworlds story, like, you can't do this in canon, you know, what they're doing in this episode. Um, mm -hmm. So it's either got to be a dream or it's got to be, like, a multiverse thing or whatever. But it's still a really entertaining episode. It's a really... When you're watching it for the first time, if you don't know it's a dream you know something is up because you know this isn't actually happening or you want to know why this is happening. So I think it does its job with whatever it's trying to do. And I think that's the important thing is it tells an interesting story in a 22 minute format. And the first time you watch it, you're thinking, what the heck is going on? What the heck is going on? And they kind of sell it to you right in the beginning with Scarecrow being the villain. But I know when I first saw it, I didn't really know exactly where they were going to go with it. I think once Gordon recruits Bane, you're kind of like, all right, what is this? Like, this would not happen. <laughs> but it's still fun. Like, I, I really like this episode. Yeah, I remember on my rewatch, as soon as um, Gordon goes to Bane and recruits Bane, I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that kind of spoils the whole thing right there. You got to know this, this isn't real. Because no matter how bad it got, 
I mean, because you can look at, you know, look at what happened to Jim Gordon in The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that didn't break him. Yeah. So you have to think if he's, you know, if he's kind of doing a deal with the devil here, that yeah. this this can't be Jim Gordon. So, but, but yeah, that's the whole. But I think that's the whole point of the episode is it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse because right. of the toxin, and and it's supposed to make you think, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Oh wow, like this is not real. Something's happening, and and it just keeps going. What if? What if? What if? Or or why? And uh, but I again. I still think it's a really entertaining episode. And I think the message by the end that Barbara needs to talk to her father, I think that's the stuff outside of the dream is still really good enough. Yeah. um, Now there is a moment when the, did you notice the, and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's supposed to be a play on if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Which is the O.J. Simpson yeah, trial Yeah, I thing. don't think I noticed that. There's a moment like that, and I can't remember the exact word. In the dream or a, outside the dream? In in the dream. Um, because it's when they're talking about, like, uh, there's a manhunt for Bruce Wayne. And, mm. oh gosh, I can't something remember something about a mask, right? Something like that. I don't um, remember, though. I didn't catch it. Yeah, it's a straight up, like... <laughs> almost almost lift of the line that's funny no i didn't even catch it yeah but i think you know my favorite i think my favorite part of this episode is the conversation at the end between barbara and jim yeah like when she wakes up and she's talking to jim and she's she's resolved that she's gonna tell him mm. and without that ever being spoken out loud i think jim kind of lets her know um you don't need to tell me. I took it as you don't need to tell me. I know you got to make your own path. I've always taken it that way too. And I've always liked that. Um, I've always liked that version of their relationship. I, Cause the comics have kind of always towed that line where they never want to commit to it one way or the other. I've always liked personally that we can assume he knows and just let's not talk about it. Let's pretend like we don't know, but I got you like that kind of thing. So I, I've always liked well, that. It's, and it's, it's to another level cause it's his daughter. But I've also, I mean, I always just assume when I read Batman comics or when I watch the movies or anything like that, I always assume that Gordon knows who, who Batman is as well. Agree. Yeah, I agree. And or you know, the, the, un, the unspoken sometimes, you know, is louder than the spoken. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Absolutely love Over the Edge. I think it's a fantastic episode. Um, but let's let's move on to our next one here, and this one is another another heavy hitter here, and it's Old Wounds. Uh, so for the synopsis, when on patrol on his own, Robin runs into Nightwing, and he tells Robin the story of how he and Batman grew apart. The story reveals how Batgirl discovered Batman and the original Robin's true identities, and also explains some of what went wrong with Barbara and Dick's relationship. Ultimately, it comes down to Batman needing his team and his family, but old wounds never completely heal. So, um, I'm going to say this, Joe. There were moments in this episode in Old Wounds that reminded me so much of 
Brenton Thwaites in Titans. Uh, so having said that, what do you think looking back at Old Wounds? I've always loved this episode, and this episode was always my defense on why everyone criticized Titans. I would point to this episode and be like, oh, so Dick has never been angry with Bruce before? Like, what are you, what are you guys watching? Again, not to go on a Titans tangent, because we both love that show and we both defend that show. There are different interpretations of these characters. There are interpretations of Dick and Bruce where Dick has always just done whatever Bruce wanted and been a good soldier and yada yada. But in this case, yeah, he felt like Bruce took it too far and he got angry and he didn't want to become that. So he, I mean, he he punches Bruce out. He, he punches Batman. And you never see that side of Dick for the most part. But this was a jarring episode for that. And I got to be honest with this episode. Um, I do love this episode. I, I, I do think it's funny that we picked three or the randomizer picked three new adventures episodes, which was kind of weird. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> and also with this episode, I have to go back and try to remember. I've always assumed that this episode was very early on in the new adventures. It's not, it's like, and I was like, okay, maybe it's out of order on HBO max. It's not, there are episodes that are kind of out of order on HBO max as far as production order. Cause HBO max does this weird hybrid order of like air date and production. I don't know. I can't figure out how HBO max does it, but yeah, the production order still has old wounds later on in the season. So, I don't remember the relationship between Nightwing and Batman in every other episode prior to this one in the new adventures. Cause I don't rewatch the new adventures as much as I watch the first two seasons. So that's where I'm a little confused as to, it seems like they're just about to get to the point where they are going to have a working relationship together in this episode, but this is episode like 18. So what happened? Because Nightwing appears a lot in this series. And I don't remember where that falls in. Do you? I, Yeah, I'm not sure. And that's not really... I mean, a, especially especially watching them out of order like this. Oh, I can't yeah. Remember. And it's hard because like we're only in... We're not watching... And we're only judging this episode for what it is. Which, again, I, I really like this episode because... It does that thing, and you could almost call it a trope at this point with Batman comics, <laughs> or Batman properties in general, where they have their cake and eat it too with Batman. Batman's too mm -hmm. tough, he's too hard on the criminals, he's this, he's that, but at the end of the day, he still takes care of the criminals and, and is doing things without the recognition. He's doing things as Bruce Wayne to make it right, even if he's doing things a little over the edge no pun intended on the other episode um, with, you know, whether it be uh, interrogating a criminal or in this case, like really interrogating him in front of his family. It's a sweet episode. Like I, I really do enjoy this episode, but it has almost become a trope where anytime Batman does something too far, he has to correct it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, still, I will say the moment, that that Dick loses it, and he kind of just you know he leaves Batman in the room um, because he's you know Batman's threatening this guy in front of his kids, and you know Robin's like, no, not in front of the kids. We yeah, can't do like this, this here. And Batman's just 
Batman's just not ready. He's just way too far gone in that moment, and he's ready to just deal with it. It always surprises me. Um, and not that not in a situation where I think this isn't something Batman would do, but it just it is something I think Batman would do, but it's one of those surprising things because it seems like Bruce Wayne would never traumatize a kid like that mm-hmm. after what he went through. And that's the older Batman doing something that maybe he might not have done early in his career, but, mm-hmm. and he's not, again, it's, it's an emotional trauma for that kid. He's not hurting this man to the point of like crippling him or anything like that, but it is, it's no. hard to watch. It is hard to watch. You see the tear running down the child's face. Um, it's it's definitely a tough thing to watch, even more so, I guess, as an adult, where we think about these things more. But, you know, the kid and his mom are, are visual, you know, very upset. Um, and Dick is just trying to calm Bruce down at that point and say, like, listen, like, we can do this another way once his kid. But I understand you can also kind of relate to Batman. It's like, no, like, this guy was working with the Joker. He's going to give us what we want him to give us because his family is here. I get yeah. both sides of the argument. I think that's what's always so great about the Batman-Robin relationship, and that's what makes Robin who he is. Robin is not Batman, and Batman doesn't want Robin to be Batman, but Batman still has to be Batman. It goes back to the whole Young Justice thing. He doesn't want Robin to become him. That's the whole point. But that's what makes them work well, so well it, together. Yeah, and actually he always wants, you know, Robin, whether it, whoever it be, Um, but especially Dick Grayson, he always wants him to be better than himself. Exactly. And I mean, that's, that's a theme that has gone on with, with Dick Grayson, Robin and Nightwing for a very long time. I mean, there's a more recent Nightwing run that is called better than Batman. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, a Dick Grayson story point that's gone on for a long time, but I do love it. We were talking about that unspoken. I love when, they realize through the finding of that wallet at the end that even though Bruce may have never acknowledged, you know, that he went too far, he knew he did. And he knew it, you know, it was Dick, it was Dick that showed him that. And also I like to believe, I like to believe he, he goes too far on purpose there. He wants this man to be better. That's the way I always, maybe um, I'm wishful thinking, maybe. But I've always felt, no, he didn't go too far. He did exactly what he needed to do to get this man to better himself. So he'll never do this again. And I'm going to make sure as Bruce Wayne that this man is taken care of if what I did worked. And I appreciate that. And I, I do have to say, even though I'm gushing over the episode, the one thing I do find funny is, man, this guy lived awfully close to where that robbery took place. Did you notice that? I never no. noticed it the first like 10 times I've watched the episode, but this time I'm like, man, like they just kind of walked down the aisle and there he is home. <laughs> well, it's, it's cartoon convenience. Oh yeah. Cartoon convenience, time convenience. You have to move the story along, yeah. but, <laughs> but I always thought that was but, good. Uh, to your point, you were talking about that. You thought Bruce was doing that on purpose. See, I never have. I do think that Bruce Batman was going too far. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those examples where Batman needs Robin. Yeah. Because I, I, I think I like seeing I think it that Robin way too. was his balancing act in that moment. But I also, um, I also want to believe... Robin not been there, who knows what he would have done. 
I also want to believe that Bruce is going to take care of this guy, regardless of whether he thinks he went too far or not. I think that's, that's the unspoken thing. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Yeah. Like Bruce isn't doing this for the attention. He doesn't care whether Robin knows he did this or not. He doesn't want anyone to know the extent of what he'll do to help people. He's doing it to help people, not for the recognition. No, no, no. I know that. And that's why he never told him, but I do think sometimes he needs those reminders and that's, that's why Robin's there. And that's the most important thing about Robin is one of the most intriguing stories when, when Jason dies is how Tim finds Batman because Batman without Robin usually does go too far because there's no one to bring him back. Yep. But absolutely a wonderful episode. I do love that there is so much bat family in this episode. How do you feel um, about, really, how do you feel about Tim Drake in the new adventures? Um, he's not really Tim Drake. No, exactly. Like I've never even thought of him as Tim Drake. He's just the new adventures Robin to me. He's like his own character. Um, he's like a mashup of Jason Todd and Tim Drake. Yeah. It's, like he's like a, a toned down Jason Todd with the brains of Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, and he, yeah. it was always jarring to me how young he was, um, as a kid watching mm-hmm. it because I wasn't used to Robin being that young, even though he was in the comics. I mean, as a kid, I didn't read many comics where Dick was that young. Obviously, Jason and Tim were really never that young, but but yeah, I I was just curious what you thought of him because we haven't really talked a lot about the New Adventures episodes, and here we get three of them. Um, granted, the next one has no, it doesn't have. Tim in it, it barely has Batman in it. But yeah, I, I like yeah. him as a character. It just never felt like anything from the comics to me. It just felt like a new character. Like you said, it's a mashup of two yeah. characters, but it still feels so different from either one to me. Yeah, for sure. And I do love the final shot. I love the shot of Nightwing and Robin swinging towards that huge bat symbol yep. in the sky. I like it's just that's yeah. one thing that's really cool is seeing Tim's relationship with Dick. And that they got right. Mm-hmm. That they definitely got right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, another absolutely awesome episode um, in Old Wounds. But moving on to our final episode of the day. Uh, this one is Girls Night Out. So as Joe mentioned, there's not a lot of Batman in this one because Batman is out of town. And Superman is out of town as well. So with the two big heroes out of town on on a on apparently a mission, um, Batman has left Batgirl in charge of Gotham City. She's there to protect the streets of Gotham, and she comes across Livewire, who is wreaking havoc, and she attempts to stop Livewire, but she's not very successful on her own. So Batman tries to call in Superman for help. Superman's again, as I said, unavailable. So Supergirl answers the call, who is at Clark Kent's apartment, taking care of it for him while he's gone. So she leaps into action and heads to Gotham to help Batgirl. Um, And in the meantime, Livewire teams with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn to assist in this wreaking of havoc on Gotham. And it's up to Batgirl and Supergirl to team up and to bring these three vixens to justice along with a little bit of help from uh, Harvey Bullock along the way. So <laughs> Joe, uh, your opinion on girls night out. I'm very curious about uh, what you think of this one. Cause we haven't talked about this one at all. 
so and this is not gonna be reflective of how i feel about this episode i don't hate this episode but when i i'll admit when i first started watching it because i knew of this episode being you know a poison ivy and harley quinn episode i couldn't remember anything past that and then when i turned it on i go oh this is the live wire episode <laughs> and then and i'm like oh now i remember this episode but i i don't hate the episode i think live wire just kind of annoys me a little bit thank goodness um i can't stand live because it's just it's just this is a she's a kitty character in this show mm -hmm. and I don't hate her. It just, I always felt like her tone didn't fit the rest of the show, I, I, but it is a kid show at heart. I get it. And the new adventures, I think leaned a little campier at times. Sometimes, um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't remember her that much from Superman, the animated series. She definitely showed up there. Um, or was she more on justice league? I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I only ran. I only watched through Superman once. I remember seeing her before. I don't remember where, but I'm not crazy about Livewire. Uh, no offense to the voice actress, but I don't like the voice. Um, it grates. It's and she's a great actress. It's too. like nails um, on a chalkboard. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but you know who she is, right? She's the girl from League of Their Own. I mean, I'd probably if I saw her or or heard her name, but no, I can't. Uh, right off, right off hand, I can't. Oh, okay. I'll I'll look. Up. Um, yeah, um, but I will say I really like Poison Ivy and Harley in this episode. Um, this is how I like Poison Ivy and Harley. I I don't mind them being together whatsoever. That's that's not what I'm saying. I, I like them as a couple. Um, but I like them being more villainous. Uh, I like, mm -hmm. and it's Lori Petty. I'm sorry, it's Lori Petty that does that. Okay, voice. gotcha. Um. But yeah, that, this is exactly how I like to imagine Poison Ivy and Harley. This is how I remember reading them in the comics, and and this is my ideal versions of them. So I I do like Batgirl and Supergirl teaming up against Poison Ivy and Harley. I did not need Livewire here, mm -hmm. but outside of the Livewire thing, there's a lot I like here. I like I like the um, the the girl power aspect of this episode. Oh, definitely. To get the girls, a girl-centric episode was a lot of fun. And my favorite thing was Batman leaving Batgirl to take over, uh, to take care of Gotham. And she's riding in the Batmobile. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever seen that in any other medium, as far as I know, is to see Batgirl getting to just drive around in the Batmobile with Batman's blessing. That was really cool. In fact, most of the time amongst the boys, that's a contention. Yeah. We, have, we don't even see Robin driving the Batmobile most of the time. No. So, so that was really cool. Um, I will say I felt like Supergirl's powers were definitely powered down. Like Poison Ivy with the with the plants was like even like pretty much taking care of her at times. When did Poison Ivy get to use her plants to create animals, like balloon animals, almost like plant animals? Like that was kind of weird. Yeah, that's a, it is a little bit of a strange one. There's some cheesy aspects of this episode, but again, it's a fun episode to see the girls take on the girls for a change. Um, but I don't, I'm not in love with this episode. It's still a fun episode though. It, I like that the new adventures did this kind of episode though. And like they have holiday nights where the girls get a focus there. It's, it's good to see these characters get some, some light. And I understand why someone might have this as their favorite because it's a different episode. It's a memorable one for sure. I will say, um, I d if I'm going to prefer one, if, if I'm going to prefer an Ivy uh, Harley story, 
I prefer their vignette in in Holiday Nights over this one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not that this is a bad episode. It's not. It's just not. It's definitely not one of my favorites. It's one of those. It's okay. Um, and it's 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 a perfectly enjoyable watch while you're watching it, but it's not one that I revisit all the time. Mostly, again, because I just don't like Livewire. Yeah. But there was a, I will say there was a line in here, um, from Harv from Harvey Bullock that I do like, um, cause when Batgirl goes to meet Harvey, he's like, you know, he's kind of just dumbfounded that Batgirl's all he's got. And he's mm. like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but where's the bat? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was nice to acknowledge that he needed, uh, some help from the bat family, Batman, especially sometimes. And then he he kind of acknowledges um, Batgirl and Supergirl at the end that they've you know they've they've done a good job. Yes, that was a really fun part. The, the ending is really fun. Seeing the two of them on the couch being acknowledged by Harvey that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so that's where we're kind of that's where we're going to put a pin in it for our BTAS thirtieth anniversary celebration for this episode. We do have one more episode left for the year unless something comes up. I will go ahead and let you guys know we are not going to finish our list by the end of 2022. So we're going to spill a little bit over into 2023 um, because we just have too many episodes left to cover and not enough time. So I have run the randomizer. We are going to do two episodes next time. uh, And our next two episodes will be the demon within and trial. So Joe, we've got two episodes to watch for the next episode. Then we're going to bleed a few over into 2023. So, but I don't think anybody will mind us talking a little more Batman, the animated series. No, I'd rather take our time and do it the right way than rush through it and and not enjoy talking about a little bit more of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still not quite ready to wrap up because we did get an email from uh, Stuart from Guernsey on our last episode. And Stuart has sent us sent us a follow up, so I did want to make sure that I got that read for Stuart. So thank you again, Stuart, for sending us this email. And Stuart said, "Hey guys, it's Stuart from Guernsey. Sorry for the late response. The last show dedicated to Kevin Conroy was brilliant. I will send some photos of my Titans sleeve shortly. Glad you liked the Scarecrow Kevin Conroy book. I'll attach some images of other books I have as well. Also." I'm not using social media at the moment, so I couldn't post my review for your Christmas competition, but I hope sending an image of it to you still counts. Hope you guys are well. I'm looking forward to the Christmas show. Stuart. And Joe, I haven't sent you this one yet, um, but yeah, he did send some some pretty cool pictures of uh, of some Batman comics that he has graded, and there's some really nice... Uh, looks like some... This golden age stuff here. I can't read the number on it. Oh, this is Batman number two. And it's a 1.5. He has a no grade. Is it an annual? No. It's gotta be an annual. It's summer issue, Batman number two. I'll send you the email. You can look at it. Batman number two. If he got a Batman number two, good for him. But I would assume it's... Well, he's got pages from Batman number one, spring of 1940. 
Not the book, but he's got pages graded. If it's the one with Batman's cape, like weirdly scalloped, and it says summer issue top right, 10 cents. Hey, that is that's the one. Yep. Wow. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also sent us, like I said, he's got pages graded from Batman number one. He's got, looks like he's got two pages there. Um, and he's got a signature series. Uh, 9.6 graded Batman The Dark Knight Returns number one. And it is... Well, if Stuart really wants us to take a look at him, he can mail them to us. <laughs> I'll send him my... Uh, and I'll, I'll definitely be quick to, to send it back to him. Yeah, and um, and this one is signed... This one's actually signed by Frank Miller. Oh, that's great. And then, yeah, he did leave us a review on there. So I tell you what, um, Stuart... I'm going to add you. I'm going to add you to the uh, to the giveaway. I know you said you don't have social media. I know that can be tough sometimes, um, but you have sent us so much in the past couple of weeks. We're going to add you. So I'm going to add this review. We will read it. Uh, so if you are a winner, you'll get that read on the next episode. All right. Joe. Thank you very much, Stuart. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, I think that's that's we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, but this has been a fun episode. I really, really enjoyed looking back at some Christmas memories. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad I got to go back and look at some memories for myself, just in general. But yeah, to talk about some some fun Batman Christmas stuff, uh, this time of the year, it's always fun looking back at some of the the cool toys we got when we were kids or, or just you know, even going back just a few years and thinking about where we were when we got certain things or, or even read certain comics. And I, I was, even this morning I was on there, um, excuse me, on DC universe infinite and just looking at some old Batman, uh, Christmas comics. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff on there. You guys go check that out. They, it looks like they expanded it a little bit. So, um, hopefully you guys can check some of that stuff out. That's always fun. And yeah, this is, uh, this has been a lot of fun and I can't wait to, to get into Batman returns in a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to going through that one as well, Joe. Uh, but in the meantime, until we get to our, our big Christmas special, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as jforn 11 And you can find me on Facebook as Joe Fornarato. That's F-O-R-N-A-R-O-T-T-O. Very nice. And as for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at mecarter89. That's M-E-Carter 89. The podcast's social media accounts can be found on Instagram and Twitter at TFRBatPod. Also Facebook, TFRBatPod as well. Once again, if you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, make sure you take that screenshot and send it to us so we can get you into the TFR holiday giveaway. Again, you have one more gap between episodes to get that done. So in the next two weeks, make sure you get yourself entered. If you're looking for another way to support us, and again, we don't ask that you spend any money on this show, but if you'd like to, we certainly appreciate it. You can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR, all one word, and you can find our logos on all kinds of cool swag. But until next time, uh, for Joe, I'm Eric. Thank you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. And make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. 
Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery or its properties. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies or organizations that they are associated with. Thank you for listening.